the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, I have got a very special guest. We are so excited, as we always are with these guests. Um, Today, we're going to be hearing from Scott Turner. Scott is a state representative for the great state of Texas in District 33, which encompasses Rockwall County and portions of Collin County. He is a fourth-generation Texas and grew up in the Richardson area and played a little football at J.J. Pierce. Uh, he played professional football in the NFL for nine years with the Redskins and the San Diego Chargers and the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. Scott's a public speaker, volunteers on many community boards, including Dallas Baptist University, where my daughter Valerie Parker goes to school at. But most importantly, he is a, a Christian man, a father, and a husband. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Doug. It's good to be with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I tell you what, over the years, man, I have really enjoyed uh, our friendship and our relationship and just seeing all the things uh, that you do. I remember, uh, I don't know how long ago, maybe five years ago, it seems like, or more, but I, I saw you at a uh, at a prayer breakfast here in the, uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, I just thought, man, this guy is a, is a fantastic uh, gentleman. And then before I knew it, I heard you were running for politics and um, yeah. You know, ultimately, you know, ran and, and won state state rep. But, you know, one of my favorite stories, um, you know, w- is the one that you talk about uh, the NFL draft and how you were playing ball in, up in Illinois. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that whole time of your life? Sure. Um, and it, it's also it's been a great pleasure uh, through the years to um, be great friends with you and just seeing how the Lord is using you in business and in the community. So I, I greatly appreciate your friendship as well. Uh, but, yeah, Illinois, I went to the University of Illinois uh, as a running back out of J.J. Pierce High School in uh, Richardson, Texas. And I was all of 5'9", 5'10", 172 pounds uh, <laughs> going to Illinois, which is in the Big Ten Conference with the likes of Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue and Indiana, you know, just big, you know, running teams, just snot-nosed football-type conference. And so the coaches, um, you know, they knew that I was a good athlete, and but I was small. You know, I could run fast, but I was still small. And so uh, the first two or three years, three years at Illinois, I switched positions. Um, you know, as in many years, I was running back, then I was a receiver, then back to running back, and then finally they settled in on uh, and put me at defensive back, of which I have never played defense up until that point, you know, a down in my life. You know, I was always a, an offensive player running forward, 
And, you know, I told the coach, I said, listen, I've never backpedaled a day in my life. And they said, well, we know this is what we think you can help the team and, you know, may have a shot to move on, you know, to the next level uh, as a cornerback. And so long story short, uh, you know, they told me that they were going to switch me. So I just began to work uh, as hard as I could, um, you know, with – uh, no background. I, I, I basically emulated and watched those that had gone before me and those that were playing a position um, uh, prior to me and, and really currently. And I learned how to backpedal. But I would spend hours upon hours of backpedaling and jump roping and watching film and, and watching guys. And ultimately, you know, I wanted to start in position my senior year uh, at Illinois. And I played corner for only one year. Um, and I had a pretty decent season, you know. I started all year and had a couple of interceptions and, you know, had some tackles and, you know, for what they would consider, you know, a great first uh, season for a first-time player at that position. And our defense was the number one defense in the country at the time uh, at the University of Illinois. We had some great players and with Dana Howard and John Holosack and Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy. All of which those guys were drafted, you know, uh, into the NFL and had good careers. Uh, but anyway, the NFL Combine came around. And I was for sure, in my mind, going to be invited to the Combine. There's only 300 invitations that go out to the Combine in total. And being a starter on the number one defense, you know, I thought, hey, well, surely I'm going to get invited. Well, Ultimately, I didn't get invited. And I would look for that invitation for weeks in my mailbox because all my buddies were getting that invitation. Well, mine didn't come, and obviously it was a very disappointing season, a very disappointing time in my life. And, you know, for a kid who told his mom he was going to the NFL, you know, when I was 10 years old, now here I am, you know, 23 years old and no invitation, you know, to the to the greatest show which is the combine where all the, the general managers and scouts and player personnel, head coaches, they come out to view the prospects, you know, the upcoming draft class, and I didn't get an opportunity to go. But uh, a couple weeks later, my agent called and said there was about 22 teams coming to Illinois to take a second look at the guys they saw at the combine, and they gave me an opportunity uh, to run. And so – from the time the combine uh, started until that phone call, I had been running stadium steps at Memorial Stadium. And I literally would run from the bottom of that stadium to the top continuously over and over again, trying to train my legs and strengthen my um, legs and get faster in my endurance. And when that phone call came, I knew that that was my opportunity. And, you know, when the scouts and player personnel came in, you know, I was the least recognizable guy, you know, almost kind of a obscure uh, person there because they didn't know who I was. And, but when my opportunity came to run the 40-yard dash, uh, I stood on that starting line, Doug, and I remember to this day I looked to the finish line and I didn't see 22 men. I saw 22 stopwatches. And just like I had told myself on those stadium steps, you know, I'm going to get from, from point A to point B as fast as I can. And I took off down that field running that 40, and, boy, when I crossed over the finish line, you know, there was great excitement because I had ran a 4-2-4. And I could literally Ooh. say, you know, from, from that time, you know, my life has really never been the same. 
you know, I like to tell people, you know, and I stood on the front porch of my mom's house when I was 10 years old and thought I was going to the NFL. You know, and then I ran the 424 when I was 23. That was a 13-year span of perseverance and not quitting, not giving up, you know, and 13 years of preparation for literally 4.2 seconds. And, you know, then the rest obviously is is history by God's grace, and it was so wonderful. But that's that's it in a nutshell, you know, my draft story. And I, I ended up being drafted in the seventh round by the Washington Redskins. Gotcha. And, you know, uh, I know I've known you for a while and, and I've heard a couple of your different stories. But, I mean, you're, you're probably one of those for, for our listeners. You're probably one of those athletes that, you know, you you never had to work a day in your life and, and you just got to play football and they just passed you in school and stuff. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I actually had to earn uh, everything in the sense, you know, my parents and my godparents instilled in me a, um, a tremendous First of all, faith in the Lord, and two, a, a work ethic, you know, to work for everything that I wanted and to earn, you know, the things that I was striving for. And I think that was something. And my high school coach, Mike Jenkins, reminds me, one day I was exercising at J.J. Pierce High School, and he stopped me, and he said, you know, the one thing that separates you from your competition is how hard you work. And I was a senior in high school at that time, and I have never forgotten that, and I took that to heart. And, you know, I think that my encouragement to the listeners would be that, you know, when you have a vision and you have a, a goal and a dream and ambition, you know, everybody's not going to always be on your side, and there will be tremendous um, adversity at times and, and, and struggle. Uh, on your way to victory, but don't ever quit and don't ever give up on your dream. But you have to work extremely hard because it's not going to just happen. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and if you like what you're what you're hearing here, um, you can always go on to uh, ambitiousradio.com. We'll have a a, a web page that'll be set up for Scott, and you can just look at the uh, previous episodes, and we'll put links to all the different books that he talked about, the quotes that he liked, and. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, Ambitious Radio. Uh, tune in after a brief word from our sponsors, and we'll be speaking more with Scott about his career pursuits and his experience of becoming an ambitious leader and helping others also become ambitious right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com
As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle, but if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? Oh, back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're talking to State Representative Scott Turner. So let me ask this. What was your earliest memory, your earliest recollection of being a leader? My earliest recollection of being a leader? Man, that's a great question. (laughs) I think it would probably be when I was a kid and uh, hanging out you know, having fun with my buddies and having to go against the grain and, and, and say no and make a decision to do the right thing when the group uh, wanted to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what really sticks out to me. And, uh, and it was just, you know, in the small things um, to be obedient to my parents and um, and, and be where I say I was going to be and do what I said I was going to do. And, and sometimes, you know, that caused me, even as a, as a young boy, you know, middle school, high school, uh, to go against the grain and go against the crowd. And that, that's my earliest recollection of leadership. <laughs> You know that that makes a huge difference, and and I've got a uh, you know nineteen year old and twenty one year old uh, I'd say kids, but they're actually adults I guess at this point, but they're my kids. <laughs> but uh, right. but with that being said, you know I used to tell them all the time, you know it's it's highly unlikely that you're ever gonna uh, uh, do one or two things. Either number one, just go out and get in crazy trouble by yourself, and then number right. two, it is unlikely you're gonna go to your friends and they're gonna say something like, hey, let's go do something stupid tonight. But right. through you know, either drugs or alcohol or just bad environments. Um, that's yeah. that's what happens, and so uh, you really got to choose your friends wisely. And and for any you know any any uh, anybody out there that's got kids or or any uh, any young young folks or even for that matter adults, anybody out right. there, you got to choose your friends wisely because man, it makes a huge difference on the impacts of your life. So, so let's talk about politics for a minute. So, I know that you uh, are, are a state representative, and and you've served for two terms. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm at the end of the second term now. Okay, in the second year term now. So, what what made you decide to jump into politics? You know, that was kind of a twofold decision. One, um, you know, I wanted to um, use the the platform and the experiences you know, that I had from uh, sports and and business and ministry uh, and bring um, as best as I could um, leadership, you know, integrity field and and leadership uh, to our state. And, you know, I had been watching, obviously, as as any informed citizen at that time, you know, kind of the the moral demise uh, in our country and the lack of, of godly leadership and godly humility in leadership and integrity. And so after, you know, praying and, and seeking the Lord with my wife and I, uh, you know, it's a, we've been very blessed with the, with the experiences and the, the background and the platform we have, and how can we give back, you know, to the community as a whole. Uh, and, you know, we, and that's when I ran, you know, for 
the state house uh, in 2012. Fantastic, and we appreciate your service. I know it's uh, it's not for the money. I know that I look at I look at that state rep stuff, and Texas has a real unique uh, way everything gets set up, and I love it. But uh, you put in a lot of service for a very very small uh, uh, comp on that, so it's it's really got to be for all the right reasons. But w- with that, um, now what now what what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote, you know, I'm a quote guy, Doug, I and I like to read. Uh, what people have said throughout history, uh, and you know, I can, there's a few that I can point to. Uh, one by Martin Luther King when he said, "It's not the the color of your skin, but the content of your character." Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one uh, by Benjamin Franklin where he said, "He who introduces into public affairs the principles of primitive Christianity will change the face of the world." Mm. Uh, that's one that when I speak and, and I've used it several times because it's so applicable uh, and especially to our culture and our history today because it's a, you know, you'll change the face of the world and really right now our country and our culture needs a facelift you know, in mm-hmm. my opinion and so that's a very powerful quote you know, that I like and one that you know, when, when thinking about this sticks out in my mind you know, because we have gotten away from principle you know, we've gotten away from really the, the moral foundation that our country was built upon uh, and that has sustained us for 238-some-odd years, uh, including the Constitution. And so that quote right there, to me, right now, is one that's, that's very uh, not only applicable, but one that's very important uh, for where we are uh, in, our, in our country. Sure, you know, and and over the years, you know, you you uh, you were an easy guy to support, uh, you know, politically, and and one of the things, <clears throat> you know, in, in some of our private conversations, I I kind of jokingly said, hey man, don't let them get you down there in Austin, man, don't don't let them uh, uh, take away, man, what you're so good at, and um, I've I've been so happy to have you, even though you don't represent my particular area, you're representing, you know, my state of Texas down there. And um, but but with that being said, now I know that you're you know, you've decided not to run this next go round. And so you're serving out this second term. But can we talk a little bit about that? What what was the decision, uh, you know, that you said, hey, you know what, I've, I've done it for two terms. And, and now um, I'm going to go, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, do, do some of the other stuff that you've had on your plate. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, <clears throat> it's a decision that has been well thought out, you know, and, and contemplated and prayed about and uh, seeking wisdom and discussing with my wife. You know, we've been down in Austin for four years now and serving in our second term. And, you know, it's been a tremendous honor uh, and a joy to serve uh, the constituents uh, in House District 33, but also to be an advocate, you know, if you will, and, and, a, and a champion for liberty uh, for the citizens of Texas as a whole. Uh, and to be a servant leader, you know, and that's something that I never took lightly but take very seriously. But we're at a season in our life now where I feel that it is most important for me to be at home with, you know, our son Solomon, who's 15 now, uh, as a freshman in high school, as you know, a very critical time, uh, and to be at home with my wife and, and to be around our ministry and our businesses, uh, but in particular our family. You know, for me, to be there for Solomon for the next three years is very important. You know, the only father that he has, you know, and he has one shot, you know, at life. And, and being in politics can really take a great deal 
of this time. And in, in Texas, you know, we're gone every other year for 140 days, January to June. Uh, and so you miss a lot of activity with your family and a lot of the time. And so I made the decision to go home and to retire from the legislature because if I can't be effective in my number one responsibility, which is my family, uh, then it's very hard for me to be effective, you know, to those whom I serve. And so, you know, I haven't shut the door on politics. It's just kind of a temporary um, departure in time of preparation. So that's why. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, every season has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and and uh, this particular season, you know, maybe maybe coming to an end. But I, I really um, appreciate what you're saying there. My my wife um, kind of gave me a little bit of a, uh, a lesson, if you will, a few years ago. I was pretty involved in some stuff and very ambitious individual, and and. You know, I don't know if it's ego or if it, whatever it is, and I'm going down a certain path. And she said, "Whenever you roll off of this this one particular board, please don't do anything else at least for the next you know couple years." And it was very similar to the age that Solomon is. My kids were uh, one was in high school, I think already, and one was maybe a seventh grader. And she says, "Our window for influence is closing." And you know, after after they're you know uh, you know off to college or whatever, we can look at some other stuff. But please don't take on any other responsibilities. And it it was a reality check for me because if it was up to me, I probably would have been oblivious and just kept on trucking in the direction that I was going. Um, to be honest with you, and um, you know, listeners, you guys are out there. You know, Scott said your number one responsibility is your family. You very yeah. seldom hear anybody at the end of their, you know, in, in they're at the uh, at your at their bedside, you know, um, in the last last couple of days talking about how, you know, I wish I would have just uh, you know served one more term in in, in the in the uh, legislature. Right. I wish I would have made another million dollars or whatever. They just want you know one more day or one more minute, you know, with their families. So uh, that really That's is. Really, is great I stuff. Mean, if you look at society, the the one of the major factors of the breakdown of our culture is the breakdown of the family. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, it's very important, you know, that we spend time, you know, discipling and training our families and nurturing our relationship with our with our wives and our and our and our children. So, let me ask this: If you could go back to one point in your life, any point at any age, and tell yourself just one thing. What time would that have been, and uh, what would you have told yourself? It would have been in my young adult years, and I would have told myself two words, be patient. Mm, that's good. That's good. I lack patience. And, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, let patience have its perfect work in you, or you'll be whole and lack nothing. There's something mm. to being patient, Doug. But a lot of people really want to put the the horse before the car, or the cart before the horse, and we miss mm. out on the fullness of what we were supposed to do. Or we step in the realms that we're not supposed to be in. We get out of our lane because we're not patient. Mm. And so mm. that's what I would tell myself: be patient. And I tell myself today: be patient. And the older Man. I get, the more patient I do get. But you have to work at it.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that is great stuff for our ambitious listeners. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe by texting ambitious to 69922. That's ambitious. Just text the word ambitious to 69922. Standard messaging rates apply. See the website for more details. Next, we're going to be talking more to Scott about the ambitious things that he's doing now and what's next right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way, and that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number, you have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. I enjoy so much having some of my friends and, and others that um, that I've just met uh, come on the show because I literally look at this as a mentoring session for Doug Parker. And I try to, you know, get as much good content into my brain as I can being around good people. And then we, you know, we're able to package it up and broadcast it out all over the world and let other people uh, hear this stuff. And it's it's really great, relevant content. So, man, I'm I'm thrilled um, that I'm able to get the information, and I'm and I'm I'm appreciative of the of the people sharing it with us, and um, you know, so let's let's just kind of jump right in, kind of some of the um, ambitious things that you're doing now. I mean, I know that you you still got a little bit of time left as a state rep, um, but with that being said, I know you've got a, a statesman's clothier, so so you're in the clothing business. I see how sharp you're always dressed, but t- let's talk about that a little bit. How did you get into that business, and and um, if somebody wanted to uh, to be clothed by you, how would they go about doing that? Well, we uh, the the way that I got involved is um, <clears throat> I can't buy any suits off the rack because they don't fit me. Uh, so that's one dilemma that I have. That's because you're all ripped up and all exercised up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so if I do buy a suit off the rack, you know, I have to get it altered, you know, just drastically. And so you might as well get it made from scratch. And so while I was playing uh, in the NFL, you know, I used um, a couple of other companies to make my suits. And during that time, I started liking the business and liking, you know, the design and picking out fabrics and, you know, making suits from scratch and that whole process. And so a couple of years ago, you know, my wife and I decided, well, you know, I still have to get suits made. So I might as well pay myself, you know, to make them. And the other thing I wanted to do um, is to have all of my um, clothes made in America. And so the name of my company is called Statesman uh, Clothiers. And the the term Statesman came because we need more statesmen in politics, more statesmen in 
and servant leadership. And so that's how the name, uh, that's where it originated from. And so we make custom suits, trousers, shirts, sport coats uh, for gentlemen. And it's been a tremendous uh, joy and, and just a, a great deal of fun and, and seeing guys pick out suits and we help them design them and seeing them come from just a, material, a swatch material uh, to a full-blown sport coat or suit or slack. And so we've had that a little bit over two years now, and uh, it's going great. And if anybody wants to, is interested in it, they can email us at statesmanclothiers.com, uh, and, you know, we can get in contact with them. Or they can even email me at sturner29 at aol.com. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I'll put both of those on uh, on your page on the site so that folks can go on there and, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully do some business because I know you are a sharp-dressed man. Every time I see you, you are polished yeah, and looking good. You. So, And then also, now, y- you work as well with Systemware, Inc., is that correct? Yes, an enterprise content management software company, and it is 35 years in existence, uh, and it, uh, our core capabilities are enterprise content management, the capturing, the storing, and the securing of massive amounts of data, uh, all kinds of data. And we have been uh, very blessed in business for 35 years. We have about 100 employees, uh, and we're we named top small business to work in Dallas-Fort Worth, you know, several years. Uh, and I think that one of the most things I'm most proud of, we got the, the place that has the best ethics. We got the best ethics award in Dallas-Fort Worth in 2015. And Systemware is a very unique company. It's a family atmosphere uh, at Systemware. Our retention level is a minimum of nine years for our employees, mm-hmm. where the tech industry is about a three-year average. And so uh, we do great work. We work with uh, large financial institutions. Uh, and institutions that uh, possess a lot of paper, a lot of document, a lot of data that needs to be captured and secured and then regurgitated back to the end user. Uh, we're right here in Addison, Texas, and our website is systemware.com. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a very fascinating, tremendous company, and I serve as a chief inspiration officer. And what that is is I, I serve as a, as a professional mentor, counselor, a pastor and a resource for all of our employees right here in-house, uh, whether it be personal issues, uh, whether it be vision setting, goal setting, career change, um, putting people in the right place to use their talents, and just creating an atmosphere where people can thrive and reach their maximum potential. So that's what I do here. Mm, that's fantastic. That is great. That is great stuff. Now, l- let's talk a little bit about what drives you, because I know a talented guy like yourself. I mean, you get approached, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you know jokingly or, or, or you know cute or anything. I mean, like you're a really talented guy athletically. You 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 speak well, so you probably get presented and with all pitched on all kinds of stuff. But how, how do you determine you know what's next for you and, and what you're going to work on, and um, and then. You know, not just do everything uh, because it's you know it's. I'm sure you get you get approached with a bunch of cool stuff. It is. You know what? You're right. It, it's very hard <clears throat> uh, because if you're able to do a lot of things, sometimes it's hard to focus on just one or two things. And so, what I've been working on 
and um, guys that I meet with that have that have been at this thing longer than me. So you know, you got to focus on what is it that you're good at, and focus on that, and do that, and do that well. Because so many times, man, we can have so many irons in the fire, but we don't perfect anything. And so what I'm working on personally is, okay, what is it that I'm called to do? What are the things that I'm supposed to do? And what am I good at? I want to concentrate in those areas so that I can be the most effective. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to do something, you know, that is not in my direct purview. It doesn't mean that I won't do it to help someone out or to serve here or to serve there, uh, because I will. Uh, but for the most part, I'm focused on, okay, what are the things that I'm good at? What am I most talented at? And where, where can I most be used? And what am I supposed to do in that area? That's what I'm focusing on as we speak. So that's a great question. Okay. And I think it helps us to be more focused, more, um, you know, you just have a laser focus on what your assignment is. And that helps me a great deal. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, when it comes to mentoring and following folks, is is there anybody that really has made a pretty major impact on your life or that you're currently following that that, um, you could share a little bit of information of of who that is and and, and what they brought to the table for you? Yeah, um, my godfather, his name is Dan Basso, and he's the owner of our software company. Uh, Since I've been about 15 or 16 years old, he's always been a great mentor and hero to me brilliant man but very humble started the company from scratch with very little resource uh, systemware and has just been a tremendous guide and a tremendous encourager and challenger and accountability for me and I would encourage the listeners especially the young professional men as well as the young ladies and professional ladies that are listening get a mentor get somebody who's doing what you want to do or get somebody who can hold you accountable and encourage you and correct you and lead you because that's what this thing is about like my godfather now is retired and 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 has passed a baton to his son and me you know to take the next steps with the next generation and lead and so I would encourage everyone, really, to find somebody like that um, that you can follow so that once you're under their authority and they sit down and pass the baton to you and you become an authority, you can do the same for somebody else. Gotcha. Now, l- now let me ask you this. Um, so you're 15 years old. How do you get connected with somebody like that? Well... I was in the football locker room before a Friday night game and we had about a three-hour window. And my buddy, Frankie Basso, who is Dan Basso's son, also played on the football team with me. And he came in the locker room and he said, why are you still here? You know, we have three hours. Why don't you go home? And I said, well, I don't have a car. And so, unbeknownst to him, I had been staying in the locker room all year. And, uh... So he took me home, and I met his mom, Kathy Basso, and that was 27 years ago. And that family literally took me in as their surrogate son. And they have taught me a tremendous deal about life and about work and business and service. 
and uh, Dan Basso went to the University of Illinois, and that's how I ended up going to the University of Illinois. And it was just a tremendous blessing that the Lord would put me in that position at that right time that Frankie would find me and put me home to meet his mom, and the rest was history. That is cool stuff. That is cool, cool stuff. So, so let's uh, let, let's let's uh, make it a little fun here, real quick. What is something okay. about you that others might find surprising? Uh, let me see. That they might find surprising. Yeah, because you're a pretty serious dude, man. You're pretty serious. You got a lot of stuff going on, man. You're important. Right. Well, my wife and my my son. Are, I'm funny. You know, they said they say I'm, I'm real funny. You know, and I, and I like to have fun. Uh, and I like to. Uh, you know, not like a sarcastic type joker or, you know, practical jokes, but I like to laugh with people, you know, and, and make people laugh. And that's something that, that may be surprising. Um, and I also, I like to read, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's a surprise or not, but <laughs> I like to do that. <laughs> Sure, no, no, and and, and that and that and that fun, that funny. I mean, that, that's 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 something about you that you know. Like I said, I, I've seen you, and, and you're always smiling. But I mean, um, it's still you got a lot of stuff going on. That's pretty serious. And if you like the practical right. joke, I, I wouldn't have known that about you necessarily. So, well, that's how we'll kind of wrap up this this uh, this segment. And it's uh, you know ambitious times here. So after we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be continuing with Scott and really getting to know what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit. Right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Were you recently notified by a major retailer that there was a data breach and that your personal information had been compromised? When was the last time that you viewed all of your credit reports? Was it when you refinanced your home or maybe when you purchased a new car a couple of years ago? If so, go to roadtoblack.com. Come to make sure that you have not been a victim of identity theft. You might have also recently heard that more than 21 million government employees and contractors' personal data was breached, including their social security numbers. Roadtoblack.com offers credit monitoring with alerts, score tracking, and a score simulator. Could you be at risk? Only if you have a social security number. Roadtoblack.com offers a one-stop solution with the credit information you need to stay informed. You can review your past credit history, check your current credit scores, and even use a credit simulator tool to get insight into what your credit could look like tomorrow. Just go to roadtoblack.com to see what's on your credit today. That's road, the number two, black.com. Roadtoblack.com. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, today we are talking to State Representative Scott Turner on the Ambitious Radio Network, and we're going to talk a little bit about what he does to kind of fill himself back up after maybe he's drained uh, himself a little bit. So um, let's let's kind of jump right in, and, and, and welcome back to the show, Scott. Hey, buddy. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, hey, man, whenever you uh, maybe when you've been serving down at the state house, it's 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 on day one hundred and 
32, man, you still got a week left. Uh, you've been doing all your normal stuff, and you've been working down there in Austin. Let's talk about what do you do to kind of to fill yourself back up. Well, you know, the the first thing I do is I like to kind of just sit on the couch when I come home. I don't get to sit on the couch very often, you know, but when I do, I like to sit on the couch with my wife uh, and, you know, just talk to her and listen to her because my wife and I, I've been knowing my wife since I was 19 years old and she's always been just a just a, a strong encouragement just a rock in my life and a great uh, we have fun together and so I like to sit down and talk with her and uh, listen to her and just you know maybe watch a movie with her and that that's real relaxing for me and also you know my son follow I like to hang out with him and throw the ball or go fishing um, though we like those activities together because he's a big sports guy and he loves to fish. He's an avid fisherman at 15, you know, as avid as you can be. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, you know, I like to play golf uh, when I can. I don't get to play that often, but I do love to play. And um, another sport that I enjoy to kind of wind down or rejuvenate is, is um, sporting clays. Shooting oh, okay. sporting clays is, is something that I love to do. Well, that's great. Now, let's talk about that work-life balance real quick because I know you're a family man and I know you're juggling a bunch of stuff. But what does an average day look like? And then, you know, how really practically, how do you balance those things? Well, do you want an average day when I'm in session or out of session? Well, let's do this. Let's go with out of session because we know that's that's going to wind down. And uh, one of our mutual friends uh, once told me, that in order to be an elected official, but specifically as it related to either a state rep or state senator, that you either have to be independently wealthy, you have to um, have a job that um, is extraordinarily flexible, or you got to right. be insane. Kind of one of those three uh, to be yeah. one of those positions. So we'll we'll uh, we'll throw that one out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So a typical day for me, uh, I generally. Um, because I get a lot of meeting requests. I generally try to meet uh, after I drop Solomon off at school. I generally have meetings anywhere from 7.30 a.m., starting at 7.30 to 8 a.m. until 9.30 um, in my district on Frisco. And then I'll come into our software company, you know, about 9 or 9.30 if I have meetings. And we'll be here. Uh, if I don't have anything else to do in the middle of the day, I'll be here, you know, for the normal workday hours and then I'll go home and spend time with my family and depending on what type of activities we have you know in the evening we generally try to do those as a family um, for instance if my son has to go to practice uh, you know my wife and I will both take him you know and if I'm not coaching him which he's in high school now so I don't really coach him anymore except in football uh, we'll both take him and then we'll take that hour hour and a half while he's at practice and we'll catch up you know, so we try to use um, every hour, every minute to connect, to catch up, you know, so that we don't leave any gaps. Um, and, you know, that's hard to do, but, you know, that's our that's our goal. And so that's kind of a typical day for me if I'm not traveling, uh, if I have a speaking engagement or a um, in-town or out-of-town, then obviously, you know, those schedules change a little bit. But on a typical day, uh, that's what it looks like for me. A lot of meetings. 
uh, most days, and then, you know, home in the evening as best as I can uh, to spend time with my family. Well, you know, and I just picked up something just now in talking to you. In all these years, you know, our family life uh, has been kind of like a more of a divide and conquer right now. So, you know, we got two kids, and so one of them is running to something, the other one's doing something else. But really, man, just slowing it down. And, and yeah. you know, it's almost like running errands together or go drop somebody off together. Um, it may not be, the in my mind, the most efficient use of time, but it's not trying for efficiency. It's trying for purposeful time, you know, unhurried time, spending some time with your, with your spouse, man. So that, that just opened my eyes right there. This whole show right now came from clarity right there for me. So, uh, so hopefully some of the other listeners will say, you know what? We don't need to go two separate places. Let's just go together. That's right. I mean, Man, those great. are the, the unearned moments together. Mm. You know, if I have to take, um, if I have to take Solomon to, um, you know, somewhere where I'm not going with him, like if we take him to Wednesday night Bible study, youth group, um, which is an hour and a half, I'll take my, my wife and I will go together and we'll go get, coffee or we'll go get you know cake or you know whatever it is or sometimes we'll just sit in the parking lot at the church and just talk and visit you know and there literally is nothing more important not work stuff not political stuff because the people that are pulling and grabbing and requesting and wanting everything from you literally can take up your entire day but when you have that, just that hour to where it's just you and your wife and you're talking, you're connecting, you're planning, or maybe you're just sitting and just looking at each other or just sitting there, that one hour is more efficient for the hours to come than anything else you can do. Well, and I'll tell you what, man, it's obviously, uh, it's been a, it's been a good one and, and you've been married for quite some time. I didn't realize that you had known your wife, you know, since you guys were 19, Julie and I got married when, when I was 19. And, uh, so same, same thing for me. And, and luckily she's hung in there for me because, uh, I'm not Mr. Patient and I, and I'm not as nearly as thoughtful as I need to be, but, uh, but I'm appreciative of her patience with yeah. me. <laughs> and so, um, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, you know we're we're coming to the to the end of of the show, and and you know first of all, again, I want to uh, thank you so much for for carving out some time to come on the show. I know that you are an extraordinarily busy uh, individual. You're doing uh, just all kinds of great work in the community and and for the state of Texas, and uh, with your your job and your employees and your family and all of those things in your church, um, and and. Uh, just really do appreciate you investing in in uh, in our listeners and and in myself and um, you know kind of as we wrap up I know you do public speaking you'll come out and talk about business principles and and all kinds of different things and 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 again I'm not just uh, just stroking you here you're really one of the best speakers I have ever heard most engaging connect very well and I'm I'm kind of promoting you a little bit here but if somebody wants to to have you come out and speak or talk to you about doing that. Um, what's the best way for them to uh, for for our audience to engage with you and and and, uh, and connect? Well, they can email me at sturner twenty nine at aol dot com. Got it. Sturner twenty nine at aol dot com is the best. 
perfect. I'll put that on the site as well. And, uh, you know, thanks again for coming on the show. We'll, we'll wrap up uh, this segment. Uh, tune in every Wednesday as we have um, thought leaders and other entrepreneurs that are changing the faces of their organizations. Um, remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.